Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Tuesday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin, that is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T, A-Z or Z depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also find me simply by searching Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social media platform is. So again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited as per usual to be recording this one here. To kick things off today, I want to give you a little bit of an update on my laptop and my missing belongings. Earlier today, I went to the the police station and I dropped off some of the CCTV footage. So in other words, the video footage that I, I reviewed with the coffee shop owner because a coffee shop owner gave me like a, a download of it. And when I talked to the police, they're like, oh, if you have that already, sure, come and drop it off because we were going to go get it anyway. So if you have it, come drop it off. And I was like, sure, I have it. Let's do it. So I dropped it off. Hopefully that saves them a little bit of time. Hopefully that means they can review the footage earlier. And hopefully, fingers crossed, if with any kind of luck whatsoever, it means that I'll be able to have a higher likelihood of actually getting my stuff back. So for the time being, I'm actually holding off on buying anything new. I'm not going to buy my a new laptop or new SD cards or anything like that. And so I'm just really hoping I can get a lot of my stuff back here. Actually, on that note, for people who do follow my YouTube, um, please note that the videos are going to be quite different over the next little while. Or rather, more specifically, I should be more specific. It's not that they're going to be different. It's just that I'm not going to be able to upload any edited videos with like my editing software. So they're basically just going to be the same videos as they are now, the Azrin's journal videos, which is what I make currently most of the time. They're still going to be there with all the same language learning advice and all that good stuff, but it's going to be live streamed and they're not going to be edited, which they typically are. It's going to be that way until I until I get a new laptop or I get my old one back. And so just a bit of an FYI, if you missed that on the YouTube channel, which I talked about, I talked about that yesterday in a video. So just a quick FYI for you guys. Also, while we are on the topic of YouTube, I want to give you a piece of advice that is related to YouTube. I would highly recommend that you live in the YouTube comments of videos. What do I mean by that? Well, if you are a language teacher and you're wondering what people struggle with, when it comes to language learning, I recommend, or a teacher or a content producer, like on videos or podcasts or whatever, either way, go into the comments of popular l- videos about language learning and read the comments. So for example, find, like Tim Doner has that video that went viral where it's like teen speaks 20 languages or something like that. Or of course, there's bigger people like Ollie Richards. There's people like, you know, who knows, a Steve Kaufman. There are people who make videos about language learning. All you have to do is go through their comments, read them, and you're going to have a very good idea of what people are struggling with, what is hard for them, what they believe about language learning, etc., etc., etc. Especially if you find a video, if you just search language learning on YouTube or things like that, and you start watching videos on channels 
that are not about language learning, but they made a video about language learning because they were learning a language or because whatever reason, if you go to a channel like that and read those comments, that's where you find the gold. Because in those comments, you are seeing the reactions of people around language learning, right? That are not actually passionate about the subject. They just happen to see one of their favorite content creators post about language learning and now they're reacting to it not from a perspective or a standpoint of, oh, I'm passionate about language learning. So this is a piece of advice for teachers and content creators. For language learners, um, the comments is a fantastic place to practice whatever language you are trying to learn. So for instance, if you are learning Hindi, let's say, and you wanna practice Hindi conversations, go into the comments of videos that are in Hindi, you can read them and you can start talking to people and people will reply, right? Maybe you can uh, you can have some fun and you can practice with the trolls that are existing in those comments. People that are leaving comments and leaving mean comments and nonsense comments just for the sake of, because if you reply to a troll and you reply in an educated way or whatever, you know they're gonna come back at you. You you know they're going to reply because that is what internet trolls do. <laughs> so you can actually use your trolling you can use, you could actually reply to trolls to get infinite practice with whatever language. Now, granted the language, I'm half joking, I'm half serious, but please note that the language and the way that trolls write and everything, that's probably going to be very different than maybe the more academic style that perhaps you're looking for. But still, the concept of using those YouTube comments or even Instagram comments, any social media platform, but I like YouTube specifically for this, it's a great way to get that practice in. And what I found as well, and this has happened with me, is you can actually find people to, to do language exchanges with in those YouTube comments. So often you'll be talking to people and you kind of get along. You could be like, hey, I'm trying to learn your language, right? I'm trying to learn French or Spanish or Hindi or English or whatever. I was wondering if we could ever hop on like a FaceTime or a Skype or a WhatsApp call or something. If we could hop on one and we can just talk together and help, and, and help me practice you'd be shocked at how many people would say yes. It's a fantastic way to meet people to be able to do that and get a lot of that practice at the same time. So wanted to jump in and give that piece of advice. On another note, changing gears a little bit, let's go in a different direction and I wanna get really nerdy about phonetics. For people who don't know what phonetics is, phonetics is essentially a branch of linguistics that deals a lot with the pronunciation side of language learning. And phonetics is one of my most favorite things about language learning as a whole. And so I was thinking about something earlier today as I was, as I was driving. Actually, it occurred to me yesterday, but it, I was really thinking more as I was driving. Languages are often very logical with how they have structured their alphabet. That seems crazy, right? But let me explain. If we look at Gujarati, okay, I'm gonna start saying the alphabet out to you, okay? And it's not gonna be in, in, in any, it's gonna be basically in the order of the Gujarati alphabet, okay? So it'll be ka, ka, ga, ga. Then you have, wait, what is the order? I always forget the order of the alphabet. Ka, ka, ga, ga, cha, cha, uh, ja, ja. Uh, then we probably have ta, ta, da, da. The, the, no, then we'll have the, 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 the. Like, anyway, I, I always forget the order of the alphabet. I know the alphabet, I just don't know the order. Anyway, but if you look at the Gujarati alphabet, number one, it is, it is structured logically to move from the back of the mouth to the front of the mouth. In other words, the very first letter of the Gujarati alphabet 
is ga and ga is basically the is basically the sound that is the furthest back in the mouth in the entire Gujarati alphabet. If we move through the alphabet, we start to move forward in the mouth in terms of what part of your tongue is being used to create the sound. And overall, if we look at the phonetic structure of Gujarati as a whole, Gujarati is a, is a language that utilizes primarily sounds that are made using the front half of the mouth. In other words, we look at the tongue, we look at the, the placement of everything in the mouth, it's everything is happening in the front half. How does that compare to other languages? Well, let's look at something like, um, let's look at something like French, which is another language that I speak. French does have some sounds that exist in the front part of the mouth, no doubt about it. They have T's like T and D. They have uh, B's like B and M and P. They have a lot of, of course, they have a lot of sounds that do, but French also has a plethora, a whole bunch of sounds that exist in the nose. They're very nasal, especially when you look at the vowels and a lot of sounds, excuse me, that, that are basically formed using the back half of the mouth. And so that actually, as I was thinking about that, I was like, wait a second, that's why, and I've had this thought before, but I was reminded today, that is why for me, the sounds of French, like French on a phonetic level was much more difficult for me to acquire than Spanish because Spanish, first of all, um, all of the sounds, I think all the sounds, perhaps all of the sounds, if not most of the sounds, are produced in the front half of the mouth, just like in my mother tongue of Gujarati. And so it felt very natural. It felt very friendly inside my mouth, if that makes sense. Also, another plus is that every sound in Spanish exists almost, uh, yeah, actually, yes. Every sound in Spanish exists in my mother tongue. So there was no, there was not really a massive gap in terms of learning the alphabet and the sounds, because I, I, was, I was already able to produce all of the sounds <laughs> as of day one coming into Spanish. So that's obviously a big plus as well. But it was interesting because that is actually why when we look at these phonetic structures of languages, number one, they are they're often logical, which is just interesting for me as a phonetics nerd. But also it also it explains why certain people find certain languages more difficult on a phonetic level than others. So a great example is like Mandarin. A lot of people, a lot of English, native English speakers think that Mandarin sounds impossible to learn. Not to mention if we layer on top of it, we look at these characters that just look so foreign to people. We look at it, all of a sudden the language has become visually complicated and also auditory, auditorily, or whatever the word is, on a listening level, it is also very, very complicated for a native English speaker because the sounds of Mandarin are so wildly different than anything that would be considered normal or within the realm of normal in English. Versus Spanish, on the other hand, while it is quite different than English, there's way more phonetic similarity, hence why people go, and of course there's a visual similarity because the letters are the same, and we can go and people can say, oh, Spanish is different, but I could do that, that seems possible, while Mandarin, it just seems so different that it's difficult for people to comprehend how they could ever attack it. And on a side note, a related uh, connected side note, different does not necessarily mean easier or harder. That's an important thing to, to, it's an important thing to recognize. Different is different. That's all it is. Sometimes the different is harder. 
and sometimes the different is easier. In Mandarin, it is different because there are no verb conjugations like in French or Spanish or English or various other languages. That is different, but it actually simplifies your life. In Mandarin, there are tones. That is definitely different. For some people, that is different and difficult. For other people, it is different, but not difficult. So it's just important to think about when you encounter something that is different in another language, I want you to be very mindful of what emotions start to fire off in your body and be very conscious of them because you, a lot of people default into thinking different is difficult and all of a sudden they start to generate and produce the chemicals in their body that basically start to trigger a struggle response. You're seeing something different and you're like, ooh, that's hard. But you haven't even tried it yet to discover if it's hard for you or not. It might be hard, but at least attack it with an open mind and you may find that it's not as hard as you actually thought it was up front. So just a little thing that I wanted to, to share with you today on, on, that, on that front there. The last thing I'll finish up today, and this is a language topic, but we go a little more global with this as well, um, has to do with my name, which is Azrin, the language nerd. It's funny, I love languages, no doubt about it. But what I'm interested, and not just me, but I'm always interested in how ev people who like languages, I'm always, want, I'm always curious as to why they like language learning. What is it about language that fascinates you? And if I find that there's a lot of people who, although they are not, they don't actively do anything with language learning, they do find it to be an interesting topic. Like I was at a restaurant the other day and I was sitting with uh, two individuals uh, who are not necessarily interested in language learning. They're not language nerds. I mean, they have a semi interest in it because they're learning some languages. They travel a little bit, but we're talking and the one guy's like, man, I've always been fascinated by languages. It's just interesting and blah, blah, blah. And he went on and on and on and on and on. But the guy has never actually done anything in his life with languages, most likely because he's never had the environment where that is a thing. Like he's never been in an environment where he can talk about that and, and engage in that passion. While we're talking, this the waitress walks by to get our bills. And even the waitress is like, wow, what are you guys talking about? That seems so interesting. I wish I wasn't working. And I was like, it's just interesting. Anyway, I digress. But I am interested to see why people, you guys listening to the podcast or people in general are interested in language learning because I think everyone has their own individual reason. I actually think in hindsight, what would have been, and maybe even in the future, this will happen. I, I actually wonder if ever I'll change my name to Azrin, the communication nerd, because ultimately for me, one of the major reasons why I like language learning so much is because I'm fascinated with communication. It's why I like marketing actually, because marketing is communication. It's trying to figure out like what's gonna land with people. What are people, well, like, what is the psychology of my words? How are people reacting when I do this? It's why I like to meet different people. I've always liked to meet different people and all of that. I like it because it's, it's a communication kind of thing. So for me, one of the core ties to my passion for language learning and languages in general is that I uh, I just like communication. And language is obviously a major thing that human beings use, a major tool, let's call it, that human beings use <clears throat> to communicate with each other. And it's just something that's circling through my mind. And maybe that we can actually leave this off as a question of the day. And you can reply to me on, on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat. Why do you like language learning? 
what is it about languages that catches your attention and draws you in? I actually am very curious to hear the responses. So anyway, let's wrap this, let's wrap this podcast up here. I appreciate your attention. Uh, you guys rock. And um, yeah, I guess we will talk. Uh, we'll talk later. Bye for now. See you.